No, we've never been ready for this podcast, but here we are and we're live. Surprise! I'm going to be sick. (laughs) Guys, welcome to season two episode one. We call it season two, although we did take a two-year hiatus. So could it, is it technically season two? Yes. Does it feel like season two or does it just feel like we're restarting all over again because all of our old episodes are gone? Yes. It, it feels like that. <laughs> but officially season two, episode one of Park Snobs. Jordan, we're back. We're back. You know, the one episode I miss from season one is our Animal Kingdom Lodge episode because that was the perfect example of what it means to be, to absolutely have no idea what you're doing, but to have so much fun doing it. I just remember I howled, or no, not howled. I hooted like an owl throughout the whole thing, right? Like, wasn't that a thing? Yes. You were making animal noises. I was just making animal noises. (laughs) I was trying to, you know, provide some ambiance for our audience. The listeners loved it. We got really good feedback on that. So hopefully you guys will do another Animal Kingdom Lodge episode and you can partake in the animal noises that I will grace you with. (laughs) Anyway, well... well before we let's before we, not let's not go there today. We have okay. we got to be serious. We need to rein it in. Let's get into it. I'm so excited to be back. Jordan's excited to be back. If you can't tell, we're really excited to be back. So let's just jump right in. Jordan went to Universal Studios and Disney World recently um, in February, and we have a whole blog. Po- we have a couple blog posts up on the website about it right now. But I want to deep dive into this trip, Jordan, and I'm just gonna let's just shoot. Let's just shoot it back and forth. I want to interview you like you are a celebrity and I am the best reporter on the face of this earth, so I'm more famous than you, but you're like a (laughs) B-list celebrity (laughs) and I'm an A-list reporter. Could it be that you are Oprah and I am Britney Spears? (laughs) We'll tell that story at a different time. Guys, it's worth the wait. I promise. Jordan, let's start with the beginning of your trip. Where did you stay? Because you stayed at two different places. Where did you stay at the beginning of your trip? And how did you get from the airport to that hotel? Okay. So first, I'm going to just task you with keeping me on track when it comes to Universal and Disney. I want to specifically talk about Universal and then we'll deep dive into Disney afterward because that's how my trip was. I spent the first half at Universal, second half in Disney. So so if you start talking about Disney, I'm just going to right in your face. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's a good one. I love that for us. Okay. So we... We took the Universal shuttle from the airport to Portofino Bay, and it was the easiest thing I think I've ever done when it comes to Disney World transportation. We liked it better than we even like Ubers, and we're very like, I don't want to say we're private people, but we just kind of like to travel in silence. (laughs) And so we were kind of skeptical about the shuttle. We were having a little bit of PTSD because... You know, Disney used to have like the magical shuttle and that was, that line was longer. Magic Mm -hmm. Express, that line was always longer than like half the rides in Disney World. It took forever to get through and then you had to make a stop at all the different Disney resorts. And they're so much more spread out than the Universal resorts. Um, So riding that shuttle from the airport 
to Portofino Bay with only like 10 people on board was absolutely amazing. The shuttle came super fast. I don't even know how long it normally takes them because we were only sitting there for five minutes. Um, And then this, it made three stops before us, but those stops were really, really short. Um, And so we got to Portofino Bay. Driving up to Portofino Bay, the resort is so beautiful. You're actually seeing the the tail end of the resort. It sits on the water. There are a bunch of boats that are just kind of bobbing in the water. Um, the water taxis are, I mean, the water taxis are amazing because they're so quiet and it's just such a beautiful experience. So the water taxi is dropping people off and picking them back up to take them to the parks. Um, and then there are these little shops. It feels like a little Italian village. There are these shops outside. We have a Starbucks out there. Probably why it's called shop. Portofino Bay. I don't know. Well, I know. I'm just saying, you know, just, I'm just saying just they thought. I'm saying they hit the nail on the head, Morgan. Okay. <laughs> Oh my gosh, always. We're back to this. <laughs> this is season two. This is fresh beginnings. Jordan, I've been doing this to you since you were three years old. <laughs> True. I don't know why I thought starting a podcast with you would be different. <laughs> you asked for this. Okay, so it was really pretty. Again, like little small shops, Starbucks, I feel like is a necessity. If not Starbucks, I don't care about Starbucks. I just want a good coffee shop, right? And then there was an ice cream parlor right next door to it. There were a bunch of clothing and merch shops. So it was beautiful pulling up to it. Um, And then you turn the corner and you come to the front of the hotel. I will say the front of the hotel left a little something to be desired. I'm going to be really nitpicky because these vacations cost so much money. So I feel like we owe it to our audience to just dissect it as much as we can. I'm a very detail-oriented person, so I pick up on like the small details. So if it sounds like I'm being harsh about some of this stuff, it's not because I didn't have a good time or I didn't love it. I actually loved Portofino Bay. Um, But I do think there is something to say, and I'll keep this brief, about Universal being big picture and Disney being detail oriented. Um, So we pull up to the resort. The man who had driven the bus and dropped us off was so nice and so helpful. We go inside. They're very quick to grab our bags, make it as easy on us as possible. The lobby was kind of bland. You know, it just had like basic tile and a couple fake plants. Maybe they were real. They looked fake. And then you go a little bit deeper into... (laughs) I sound like such a brat. <laughs> you sound like a park star. I do. I'm just look. I'm just going to be as honest. No as possible. mission accomplished. I'm not judging you. You sound like a park okay. snob. That's a good thing. Let's go. Keep it going. So <laughs> then you go in a little bit further into the lobby, and it's beautiful. It opens up. There's like a really nice glass ceiling. Um, you turn to the left, and you can see the gorgeous water. You turn to the right, and it's almost like it looks like you're on you're outside. There's an alleyway that leads to more shops. You have the concierge right there. You have the ticket desk. And I can't stress this enough. Everyone who works there is so nice. They were so nice and so helpful. And I was really surprised. I was just going to say, were you surprised? Because in my experience over the decades that we've been visiting Universal Studios, their team members have not been the best historically. I mean, I'm not saying they've been awful, but we definitely have very different experiences 
comparatively when we're talking about Universal versus Disney's team members versus cast members. So that's really nice to hear that they're kind of stepping it up. Definitely. There was a very obvious difference between the cast members at Disney. I won't get into it too much. And the team members at Universal, but they were so helpful. I called the concierge three times within like 30 minutes because I kept changing oh the reservation. God, Jordan, that's so annoying. I know. It was – I we couldn't decide what time we were going to go to dinner. It was really bad. She was so <laughs> – What? What? She was so not annoyed with you? Nice to me. She called the restaurant three times to literally change it for me because we were like trying to figure out what we wanted to do, where we wanted to go. We went to the Chocolate Emporium. Um, I'll get there. But um, the the crazy thing about staying at the resorts is that if you're staying at a deluxe resort at Universal, unlike Disney, sorry, but they will go above and beyond to get you reservations. They will do like, it's like, if you're staying there, you're set. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. We're going to get you a reservation. That's really nice. And Especially considering, again, how comparable that is to Disney. I mean, if you don't have a reservation at Disney, you are out of luck, period. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you have to get them two months in advance. And here, I just felt like they were so happy and grateful we were there. Like they were yeah. genuinely grateful to take our money, but like they were thankful that we were I mean, we were what an anomaly. Them. They were grateful to take your money. So weird. That's so weird. I'm, ju I'm just saying it. they were – sorry, let me reword that. <laughs> they were grateful <laughs> to have us there and our our money wasn't just like something they deserved. Like they you were, weren't just dollar signs to them, right? You, yes, at least you didn't you, feel you. you didn't feel like you were just dollar signs, which is a good thing because even exactly. though that's what you are, at least they're not making you feel that way. So that's nice. Talk to me about you mentioned earlier the water taxis. I have been on them several times, but let's talk to our listeners about those a little bit. And have they changed at all in recent years, or is it the same process, same system? So. The water taxis are really nice because we basically left our room and it was two minutes to hop on a water taxi. So that was really nice. I forgot to tell you about our room. Very briefly, the room is beautiful. There were minute things like little tiny cracks, things that I picked up on that I didn't see at the other place. Mm -hmm. um, but all in all, the overall design was gorgeous. And I really talk a lot about this on on the website. So if you want um, some more details, go ahead and visit that. But no complaints as far as the room went when it comes to the aesthetics. It was really beautiful. Go outside, hop on the water taxi. The thing about the water taxis that it just boggles the mind is that you go through security when you're boarding the water taxi. So you don't have to worry about it once you get to Universal. It makes the experience so much better. The most people we had at a given time, and I'm sure this had to do with us being there at February, and I'm sure, you know, seasons change. Um, the number of people getting on at one time and also probably the time of day. But the most people we had in front of us were three. That was the wow. most. So we hopped on the water taxi, 10, 15 minutes, you're at the parks, you get off. So it's just so easy to get to those parks. And it's so easy to hop between those parks. I mean, you can tell I was I was so pleasantly surprised during this trip. This trip was amazing when it came to Universal. Absolutely amazing. I mean, Universal's always been amazing, right? Like it's always been 
a fantastic experience, but to hear, I mean, I can hear it in your voice, how much they've leveled up their entire experience says so much because that's the one thing I would say they had been lacking. It's really good to hear that things are trending in the right direction, especially with the growth that Universal is having, you know, kind of across the country. You're exactly right. I think Universal saw 2020 as this moment to just kind of test the waters as far as how they can improve and to really pour into their team members. Um, Their innovation and creativity is skyrocketing right now with Epic Universe right around the corner. They announced obviously building a new park in Frisco, Texas, which is going to be more kid-friendly and family-oriented. There are areas where I feel like Universal can improve and attract a larger audience. And I don't know that that same growth can necessarily happen at Disney in the same way because Universal has really capitalized on teens and young adults and even older adults. And now they're expanding to include kids. Mm -hmm. Um, So one of the things I noticed at Universal, I was looking around and there were so many more kids than I was used to, which was amazing. To me, it made the experience much better. You know, I have, I had Ryder and he's a four-year-old and he looked around and saw a bunch of other kids getting excited to try some of the new rides that they were just recently tall enough for. And to me, that just is such a fun environment to see kids light up with all of these new rides and cool experiences. So I think Universal is making moves. And I think that in the next five years, we're going to see growth and just this productivity that we haven't seen from Universal. And I'm really excited about it. Gosh, so am I. I remember when they started talking. I mean, we're on a tangent right now, and I'm going to jump into the next topic in a second. But when they announced Epic Universe, I mean, do you remember the episode we did on that when Universal announced Epic Universe? It was an epic episode, and I'm so sorry that you guys don't do it anymore because it's all gone. But we were pumped, and I still am. I mean, that excitement has not worn off, so I cannot wait, um, even though we have a couple years to go. If you're new to Park Snobs, you will very quickly learn that our favorite thing to talk about on this show is food. So let's dive into my favorite segment. Jordan, what did you eat at Universal? Okay, so Chocolate Emporium was our first night. More Um, so for Ryder, right? We went there only because of the experience and the milkshakes because he is on a milkshake kick. I do not like the food here. Who is not on a milkshake kick? I mean, Ryder is all of us. Yes, you're right. You're right. But their milkshakes are like kind of like too much. Like they have like the brownie on top and the cookie on top and the chocolate syrup. So, you know, we went there because of the experience. I love the atmosphere there. I think it's fun. Like it it really feels like a chocolate factory. Yeah. It's really cute. I think the food, I think they try too hard. I know this is mean, but whatever. I'm just going to say it. I think they try too hard to be creative. Like my flatbread was on, um, I can't remember what type of bread it was, but it was like a flaky, thin crust that wasn't really pizza. And I couldn't even eat it. There, there were too many sauces on it. And I'm I'm like, I'll eat any pizza, honestly. I'm like, give me pizza at Domino's. Like, I don't care. I think this one was too fancy too. I got like a barbecue chicken one and I think they just like tried to do too much with the sauces. I feel like if I'm being honest, sometimes at theme parks, it's a little bit better 
to go with like a simple, like straightforward, but good menu, like something that all the items hit, you know, there aren't too many complaints. It doesn't have to be like filet mignon, but I just feel like it should be something that, you know, maybe it's a little creative, but we shouldn't go over the top. No, I agree. And I'm curious as to why you ever thought otherwise. Like, oh, I should get this artisan pizza at the Toothsome Chocolate Emporium. I didn't know it was artisan. I I didn't read the description. (laughs) I just saw barbecue chicken and I was like, I'm down for that. I mean, it's (laughs) – think about it this way. It's so much easier to mess up like a specialty pizza than it is to mess up like cheese and pepperoni. Ryder had spaghetti with like marinara sauce. Ate one bite. Not interested. And Ryan also didn't really like his food. We got the spinach artichoke dip. Not sure how this happens. No one's favorite. Actually, the dip itself was really good, but the bread was the same bread that they made the pizza on. And I just think it's too flaky for me. It's just not for me. They're known for their milkshakes. They need a little bit at work on the food. It's not terrible. I just think I got the wrong thing. And honestly, I think the pizza's got to go. I think they need to figure out I think they need something else. Okay. Let's move on. Where else did you eat? Um, And then I went to – we went to the Hard Rock. Hard Rock's great. They have a great cast. The environment's amazing. They have easy food for kids. Like Ryder got mac and cheese. He was happy. The nachos, we always get them. They're super easy. And then I had uh, firecracker shrimp, and that was amazing. Um, And then Ryan got a burger. I mean – Hard Rock, if you want – this is what I'm talking about. That's the perfect example. Easy food. You always know it's good. Get it. Move on. It, it, no one goes there for the food, but no one hates the food. Do you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. And you did say you had really great service there. Amazing. She was amazing. She was great. You could tell like this is her vibe. She loves to do this. She loves to talk to all the people from different places. I wish I knew her name. Great service. The people there are always nice. Uh, We ate at Mythos. Mythos is hands down my favorite restaurant at Universal. Um, That includes CityWalk, I think. I've just decided that it's my favorite. It just is. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that. The ambiance, like the decor, the way that that restaurant is set up and the menu, top notch. I mean, you can't beat it on all of Universal property. What did you have? So I had – this is the one thing. I ended up getting sushi, even though I definitely didn't order it, but I ate it. (laughs) Wait. I ordered a shrimp entree, like the Mardi Gras shrimp. Explain. It was like a a sub, like a – or not a sub, but you know what I mean, like a shrimp sandwich. And she brought me shrimp sushi. She just didn't hear me, which it wasn't even that loud in there. I think it was just a miscommunication, and I ate it. (laughs) Can we please talk about though the grilled cheese? There is the best. Is it fork and knife? The fork and knife grilled cheese or the fork and spoon? My life, something like that. Yeah, I dream about it. Fork and spoon because it's in the tomato bisque. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh! Oh my! It's on brioche. Oh my gosh! The only reason I didn't get that was because I I was like. We're getting calamari, which is my favorite thing there. We're getting calamari. I'm going to be full. Like, this is a heavy – it's not a light 
soup. Like it's a creamy, no, it's not. you know, it's yeah. super heavy. So I was like, you know what? It's bread, cheese, and creamy mm-hmm. tomato soup. It's yeah. not light at all by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. But you don't order a grilled cheese right. because you're looking for a light meal. Exactly. So I wasn't feeling the heavy, super heavy, so I didn't get it. Um, we got the calamari. I think their calamari is amazing. Like I would, I could eat that calamari all day. People are probably like, ooh, the calamari in Universal Studios. at a theme park. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> First of all, it's not a theme park. Second of all, yeah, you know, we always talked about how it's an experience. I continue to feel like that's the only word to describe it. Um, second of all, just try the calamari. Like they, this is obviously a restaurant that is bringing in phenomenal ingredients and the chefs know what they're doing, has a great menu. It's not a traditional, like it's not a popcorn stand guys. I'm not ordering calamari from a popcorn stand. It's so good. It's, uh, it's my favorite. So yeah. And it's also like just a rundown real quick. It's also not a quick service restaurant. Like it is a full service sit down. You probably need reservations type of restaurant. Right. So, um, and it's on the Islands of Adventure side. So if you get a chance, absolutely go. It's our number one recommendation at the entirety of Universal Studios as far as food goes. Jordan, I know you went to Vivo. I want to touch on that like very briefly because it is a chain. Um, but what was your favorite thing that you ate there? I loved the atmosphere. First of all, we sat outside. If you can sit outside there and it's a nice night, I love it. People watch all night long. Um, we had the lasagna. I liked it. Ryan didn't. The lasagna is a traditional Italian lasagna. It will not come smothered in sauce. Ryan is like a sauce fiend and he just wanted more sauce. I loved how the the lasagna was kind of like baked and crispy on the sides. I really liked it. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I highly recommend Vivo. It's not my number one on the strip. Um, but to be honest, I don't really know what is. I just know that it's not my number one. Like I like it, but I feel like I want to yeah. go somewhere with a little bit more energy. Like it was kind of sleepy. If I'm being honest, it is. It is for yeah. sure. I mean, it's like a it's a chain Italian restaurant on City Walk. So yeah. I mean, that's not super surprising. And it's darker in there. Yeah, it's got it's a little like moody. Um, so that makes sense. Um, let's talk rides. Our favorite part about any visit to Disney World or Universal Studios. Let's talk the best rides first, and then I want to talk about the least favorite rides, the ones you didn't like as much. Okay. So give me like your top three. Oh, rides. top three? Oh, my God. Okay. Um, obviously, Hagrid's is number one, like every time. Hagrid's yeah. Motorbike Adventure. Hands down. The best roller coaster I've ever There's ridden. nothing like it. Nothing like it. The technology is out of this world. I love Hagrid whispering sweet nothings into my ear. If you can write it at night – that is how you should write, you know, write it at night, ride in the, the motorcycle if you can. I liked the buggy as well, but the motorcycle is just on a whole other level. Um, the, the first time Jordan and I rode Hagrid's motorbike adventure was at night. We waited, like it so had long. just opened and we waited like two and a half, three hours to ride this ride. Right. And it was pit, like not pitch black, but it was dark. It was mm. late. And it was the best. We didn't do any spoilers. We didn't look into like why everyone was raving about this ride. So we had no idea what to expect. And I suggest if you haven't written it yet to do exactly that. Do not look anything up. Don't spoil the experience for yourself. Grab the motorbike. Get on any time of day. But again, nighttime is prime. Um, take it for a spin. I promise you, if you like roller coasters or thrill rides at any level, basically, like you will be blown away by this ride. 
So that's obviously my favorite. Um, I still, I mean, Harry Potter, I'm sorry, but I'm like such a big Harry Potter fan that just the entire Harry Potter area is my favorite. Um, so again, I'm going to say Escape from Gringotts is probably my second. I, I love that ride. We were not able to ride the new Jurassic Park Coaster, So, you know, maybe that would have been a top favorite. I'm not really sure. Um, and then the mummy, duh, like the mummy's so fun. Duh. <laughs> I will say the good news is I feel like people are still discovering this ride. And every time they do, they're, they fall in love with it. Everyone's always like, it's such a hidden gem. And so now I'm thinking maybe it's not that much of a hidden gem. Um, I was obviously because I stayed at Portofino Bay, they have so many perks. And one of them is unlimited express pass. So I was able to go on the express line when I rode the mummy. And that was still a wait. Like I still waited like 15, 20 minutes, um, which is universal is amazing. Their express. Let me just say this really quickly. Their express pass is perfect. Perfect. Yeah, I agree. Perfect. I agree. It's, it's exactly how you do an express pass, a fast pass, a lightning a fast, like skip the line. I was going to say it, but I didn't want to say it. It's how you do it. It is the blueprint. Like there is no other way. This is the gold standard. Yes. Everyone needs to adopt this method. Um, it blows every other park's fast pass mm-hmm. out of the water. It really agree. does. Agree. There's so it's the only one that is a true express pass, a true like skip the line kind of right. experience. Well, Universal knows simplicity often is the best way to do it. People come to the parks to have fun. They don't want to like have to yeah. read a manual before they you know, ride a ride or hop in line. Like they just want to be able to do their thing. And Universal knows simplicity is just the way. So um, they, yeah, over-engineering something is how you ruin it. And Universal does a really, really, really good job at avoiding that. Agree, agree. Um, Um, Talk to me about the rides that you were not impressed by because I know there were a few. Let me just throw these out there. The Fast and the Furious ride, they never, ever, ever need to make another Fast and the Furious or Reign of Kong. Because in my opinion, you are cramming so many people onto the same cart. And I think it worked with the OG Kong because it had like the nostalgia factor and like it's obviously fake, but you're also, you're like winding through a city, which was pretty cool. Yeah, the streetcar. That was the best, was the best. man. I get so nostalgic thinking about that ride. I just I I'm gonna be honest, like on Reign of Kong, both times I had someone who was like in my zone. Like in okay, my zone. Okay, so this is the zone. thing about that ride. If you're sitting on like the far left or like close closer to the left than the right, and someone taller than you is sitting in the row in front of mm-hmm. you or to the right of you, like your experience is supremely diminished on that ride. Exactly. Like you need to be able to have a full line of sight 360 degrees. And if you don't have that, you're not going to get the full experience. And I think it really, really, really takes away from that ride. It could be a great ride, but it's just like the seating yeah. situation is not ideal. So let me – And being 5'4", like we struggle with that a lot. Right. That and yeah. Fast and the Furious, honestly, like what is going on? I think everyone feels this way. Fast and the Furious is a big question mark. No idea. Like, we don't even need to talk about it. It's just weird. 
let's move on to the Disney World portion because okay. you did briefly, you know, mention a few compare and contrast things that I want to, um, you know, get the opposite side. Sure. Uh, now, so the Disney World portion of your trip was the second portion. Right. How many days did you spend at Disney World? Um, so we did three days at Universal, and then we did three at Un- at Disney. Excuse me. So we okay, and you stayed at Yacht Club. Right? We did. We ended up staying at Yacht Club for four nights, maybe. Yeah, yeah, four nights, and we are two at the Universal okay. one. So, you know, Yacht Club, I think, is my cup of tea. It's my it's my resort. Like they might as well just call it Jordan's Yacht Club. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I want to move in. I, people say it's stuffy. Like to me, it's luxurious. To me, it's like it's just. Northeastern, like Maine, Rhode Island, like just Connecticut, just like a a rich experience yachting. Obviously, you're not like on a yacht, but I'm just saying it feels very like fancy schmancy, which when I'm on vacation, if you were able to tell based on the name of the podcast, I become a complete snob and I want to feel like I'm on vacation. We love park snobs, love amenities. We love an amenity. If you want me to go somewhere, load me up with amenities, specials, do, you know, little details. Like I will eat it up. Park snobs love amenities. So when we talk about these hotels with y'all, we're really going to talk about all of the, you know, niche kind of amenities that you're going to find because we appreciate stuff like that. So I'm hearing that Yacht Club is an amenity girly kind of place. The curbside appeal, you pull up. I mean, it's stunningly beautiful. The exterior from the front as well as from the back because you have the boardwalk and I love the boardwalk. We pull up and Ryder like immediately hightails it and parks himself right in front of a TV playing Disney classics. And there's like a little bench for him and it's just so kid friendly and so sweet. You know, we get all checked in. They just redid it. They just renovated it. The carpets are all brand new. Go up to the fifth floor. We actually were able to stay at the Regatta Club this time. And that was a game changer. Absolutely. Probably never doing Disney the same like that I used to do. Like now everything has changed. Um, regatta club <laughs> there, there is like a, a club at a club level at every single Disney deluxe resort. And basically it just offers additional amenities. So we had our own personal concierge. We had free breakfast, lunch, and dinner and snacks throughout the entire day. Like stop in, get whatever you want, go. Um, the people on that level were amazing. We had, um, our rooms were cleaned every, every single day where I think at most Disney resorts, um, or Disney deluxe resorts, even they're cleaned every other day. Um, and so we, is that since COVID? I think that might've been implemented during COVID, but I'm not sure. So like, don't quote me on that, but, but I feel like they used to do it every single day. So I feel like that might be something where they're not, you know, they kind of had to pull back. Um, and I know they did have to let go quite a bit of like the staff at the, the hotel properties. So I think that's a possibility. Um, so we did, we had turn down service every day. It was, you know, it was fantastic. Ryder got sick. They gave him a plush Mickey. They gave him a coloring book. They sent him a personal Mickey Mouse message. Like high class. We all ended up getting sick and we can talk about that in a little bit. But basically they opened up a like the um, merch shop for me in the middle of the night so I could get medicine for Ryder, li- Ryan, literally like 2 a.m. Like opened it up for me. Um, just amazing, amazing people. So can't, cannot 
recommend the Yacht Club enough, like 100 times. Like it is one of my top three for sure. I know it's near Epcot. It's literally the, in my opinion, one of the best located resorts because you're walking 10 minutes and you're in Epcot and you also have access to the Skyliner. And so the only place we had to take a bus to was Animal Kingdom, which everyone has to take a bus to. So we, you know, it was perfect. The location is ideal. The boardwalk is gorgeous. A bunch of new restaurants to check out, merch shops, ice cream shops. Um, I just, I honestly, I could spend an entire day just doing the boardwalk and just resort hopping, which is a goal in the future. But like Ryan and Ryder don't want to do it. So I'm just kind of like, okay, we'll go to the parks. Um, But I mean, I'm not going to complain about going to the parks. But at the same time, I do feel like there's so much to do and there's so much untapped potential that like I personally haven't experienced yet. So the location to me is absolutely flawless. So you would go to a different park every single day and then you would end your evenings at Epcot. Every day. That's what we grew up doing. So our family, without fail – every single year would go to Disney and Universal and every single year we would get park hoppers and every single year we would uh, spend a day at each park and then end the day at Epcot and eat at the World Showcase. So speaking of eating, I want to talk about where you ate while you were at Disney. So a little bit of a stomach bug caused a stir and we weren't able to eat at one of my favorite OGs, which is Sci-Fi Diner, Hollywood Studios. Had to cancel that. We had to cancel Be Our Guest. um, And we had to cancel Tupolino's. And so there was a lot that we were not able to go to. So that was you know, obviously awful, but thank God it only lasted, you know, 12 hours of getting sick and then just kind of like eight hours of feeling really groggy and kind of nasty. That being said, we were still able to hit some restaurants up. So um, we did get to go to San Angel Inn, which is obviously my favorite restaurant at the World Showcase. Uh, the experience there was subpar, <laughs> just a bummer. Um, they keep changing the menu. I mean, like it's always such a letdown when we're talking about our favorite restaurants at the parks and you're let down by one of your favorites, one of your top three. I mean, like you never expect it. And then it, it's like, a, you only get to go every now and then. Right. So it's not like, oh, we can just come back next week and it'll be better. No, like you have one chance to make this right for me. Oh, that's devastating. The service was very subpar, and I usually have fantastic service there. We were seated by the restrooms. We did not have a view of the volcano. Uh, maybe this is like unacceptable for me to say as a mom, but I'm just going to say it. I feel like if you have kids there who are super excited to see the volcano, please don't sit them by the restrooms. Please just find a way for the kid to sit by the volcano. It doesn't have to be like right next to the volcano, but like Ryder just the whole time was like, I can't see the volcano. I can't see the volcano. So as a mom, it broke my heart a little bit. And it's not like at Disney, you can like request a seat. Anyway, I we sat by the restrooms, did not have a view of the volcano. They changed law up. Uh, Pollo a las rejas. They included potatoes instead of rice, which was just like not my jam. Um, so next time I'll just know to, to request rice instead of potatoes. Sometimes they're willing to accommodate. Um, and so it was just very subpar. But the tequila bar right before when we got our avocado margaritas and we had our queso and guac was perfect. You know, it was, it was, that place is, I mean, the service was 
a hundred out of ten. It was so good. Um, that is the coolest place. That's the the best kept secret in Epcot. Yeah, I agree. And people often skip over it because it's so small and it's not like a a yeah. full restaurant. Like it's right next to San Angel Inn, and so people don't often realize that it's there. San Angel Inn, you know, a little bit of a letdown. Tell me, Via Napoli lived up to the hype. I mean, not the hype, but our hype. We love it. It. It's Jordan. Dead. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's not dead, but it, you know, failed. <laughs> You're lying. So we had a, no, we had a late reservation. It was at 830. We were one of the last reservations. We were the literally the last people in there eating. Um, we ordered our food and it was brought out way too fast. The pizza did was, it tasted a little soapy to me, but I think maybe my taste soapy. buds changed after having Sutton. I think it was the cilantro. Jordan. But like, I'm it's, sorry. You tell me that oregano. A, you tell sorry. me that a pizza tastes soapy, and I'm never eating there again. Soapy. Well, okay. Ooh. So, look, it wasn't the best experience. I think they were rush. I think they wanted us like out. I so think, and I know there's no excuse. Pizza? I'm sorry. I can't get over the soap thing. I can't get over it. I won't get over it. You have to thing, because about, I'm forgiven. The thing about Via Napoli is we, Jordan and I, fight an uphill battle with Disney fans on Via Napoli because it's a 50-50 crapshoot if people love or really, really hate Via Napoli. And we are ride or die for this place. Maybe it's because we're Italian. Maybe it's like the really authentic style pizza that's not Americanized and people just like don't get it. But I'm sorry. You tell me that the pizza is soapy and I never will make a single reservation there again. What? Okay. Hold on. Let me tr- let me try to pull you off the edge. What I am Please. telling you, like I just – I feel like it was a bad night. I feel like it's not normally like this. I think we were the last reservation. And I don't think they should act like this to the people who are the last reservation. You're paying so much money to be there. But they, I think they all seemed tired. And Ryder felt uncomfortable because they were all watching him. And he, I mean, I could tell he felt uncomfortable. He kept saying like, mommy, why is no one here? Like it was because you're so self-aware when people are watching you eat. So he really didn't eat. He like he didn't even he had like a little tiny bit, um, and so that was sad. Um, I usually love that place. They were just not very friendly, and they just kind of like didn't want us there. I think it was a bad night. I really, really do because every other time I've gone, it has been phenomenal, and I just feel like one bad night doesn't define a restaurant. Um, my hope would be that obviously this message in some capacity, if not from me, from someone else gets back to them. So they know to kind of like step it up and be better. Talk to me about, I just need to like gloss right over this right now because the taste of soap is like creeping into my mouth just thinking about it. Let's talk about Space 220. I know you ate there and I have been dying. Yeah. Space 220 was amazing. It was definitely an experience. It's long. It takes a while because you have to wait to go up and you have this whole experience where you're going up into an elevator into space. Um, So it was really, really cool. If you are on a time crunch, it is not the place for you. You get up there, you go, you sit down, obviously, and um, they're very, the service is great. We were immediately um, approached by our server and um, handed menus and explained kind of the deal. 
the atmosphere is amazing, but I'm upset that there weren't more alien people up there. I mean, honestly, I would be too. I want if I'm going to I space, want it to be like, Star Trek. Give me the full effect. Right. And so I was hoping that my server was going to be an alien, but it wasn't. She was really nice though. Um, and the atmosphere was really cool for kids, especially. I think for me being detail oriented, like sometimes I was like, that's really obvious. It's a screen. I know that's silly and like not fair, but to me, just being so detail oriented, I don't feel a need to go back there every time. I kind of feel like I got the experience. That being said, the food was so good. Like the food was amazing. And it's so funny because people have been like, eh, the food's okay. Well, in my opinion, the food is amazing. Um, we have you kind of get you get to order your own appetizer, your own entree, and your own dessert, which is great because we order different things and just like you know, all of us kind of ate together. They have a great mac and cheese for kids and a chocolate milk, so Ryder was happy. Um, and then, you know, I got the calamari, so I was happy. The food was phenomenal. Like absolutely no complaints about the food. Service was great. Um, and I think the atmosphere is awesome. But at the same time, it's not, I don't have to go there every single time. I actually think I prefer to have an atmosphere that's amazing architecturally, if that's a word, <laughs> um, just as far as like the buildings and the the really small details. To me, this is like, okay, it's a screen. So like, I'm not as amazed. Does that make sense? Yeah, because you're just watching, you know, whatever is manufactured on the screen as opposed to like physically there present in front of yeah. you. Yeah, I get it. Exactly. It was a really cool experience either way. I just feel like personally, if you are one of those people who like really wants to be immersed in space, this is for you. For me, I just I'm I'm interested in the countries for the most part. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about rides. Um, I want to talk about Cosmic Rewind because I'm dying to go on it. Tell me about it. It was amazing. The technology is completely different from anything I've experienced. I don't want to give too much away. All I want to tell people is I was really confused about what type of ride this was. I was kind of picturing it similar to like Ratatouille where it's like this trackless ride. It has a track. All kinds of things happen on it. It's a legitimate indoor roller coaster. Um, so that's all I'm going to say, but it was amazing. Speaking of Ratatouille, tell me about that one because that's another one that I have yet to go on. Yeah, Ratatouille to me I think is overrated. Um, it made me really, really nauseous to be honest, and I'm not someone who's easily nauseous. There's this one scene where you're like running through the walls, and we actually had someone warn us of this scene. They were like, it's a little it's a little intense. Um, and I had no idea. They were explaining it to me, when, and then when they said running through the walls, I was just like, I don't really know what you're talking about. And then I experienced it, and I couldn't keep my eyes open. It was really intense. Really? I... I liked the rooms that offered, again, details that weren't screens. Like when you're in like a fridge or a pantry or something, that was a really cool experience for me. But I'm like not a huge fan of the screens. And now that we've talked about both, overall thoughts, like what are your biggest takeaways from this trip? So Universal, I was incredibly impressed. I felt like it was more kid-friendly than it's ever been in the past. I think the team members were incredible. I loved staying on property. They gave you so many perks. I mean, they were so grateful to have us. Universal blew me away. Disney was a little sad for me because I think with Genie Plus, things were made a lot more difficult than they needed to be. 
I feel like um, they they seemed their attitude when we got sick, the parks anyway, were very much like tough luck, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. sorry, but you can't get your money back. Um, and then it was just kind of a weird vibe in the parks. I know this sounds really unusual, but there were like not very many kids. And I it was just kind of confusing because at Universal, there were so many. And at Disney, there were not that many. It was a completely different crowd, which is fine. It just was a different vibe. Um, and then the cast members. The cast members were really a lot of them were grumpy. There were times when I was literally shielding Ryder from like a cast member just kind of rolling his eyes and being a little bit, certainly not disruptive, but just openly annoyed of the the clients at Disney World. So for me, it was a little heartbreaking because even though I feel like Disney is still a very magical place, I think they're losing something. And I think Universal is capitalizing it. And I think Disney's scrambling to figure out what it is, but they haven't pinpointed it yet. I think they've kind of lost their soul and they need to get back on track. I do want to let everyone know what they can look forward to now that we're back with all of the new things that we're we're getting into. Hopefully, Morgan and I are really hoping that we're going to be um, visiting the parks a lot more frequently and getting you a lot more um, information and hopefully some spoilers in regard to what's coming to to the different parks. And then we're going to be local when Universal opens its new park. We don't we don't really have information as to when it will officially be opened, but hopefully we'll be getting in on the scoop here locally um, in the Dallas area. So we will keep you posted on that. And then we are really going to focus on you know, all different kinds of things related to the parks, including apparel, decor, things like that, that we hope to share with y'all. Um, and eventually maybe we have something in the pipeline when it comes to Park Snobs merch. Um, so we know last time a lot of people were awesome and bought our jersey, their spirit jerseys and wore them in the parks. And that was super cool. But Morgan and I are thinking this year we're going to get uh, even more creative and maybe even a little comfier. So uh, look forward to that. Yeah, I'm so excited. We uh, we just really want to get back into the whole engagement and community aspect of Park Snobs because what we built last time was so special and we were really feeling ingrained in the in the Disney and Universal community and I'm hoping to just really kick that up a notch this time with our website and YouTube and everything that's going to be coming your way. So keep an eye out for all of that. And we, of course, will keep you all posted. Um, And then let us know what you want to see from us. You can reach us um, at parksnobs at gmail.com. You can DM us on Instagram. You can write us on Twitter. I mean, there's no shortage of platforms that you'll be able to reach out to us on. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, And then hit up the brand new parksnobs.com. Oh, but only five stars on podcasts. Um, Reviews, please. That's five stars. That's my next point. Five stars only. Um, all right. <laughs> Let's wrap it up. Your punch buggy. You've literally been practicing that <laughs> since like since the movie came out. <laughs> it's the only voice I can do. I'm really